0: This, this is, is, is Kickoff in the Valley. Now, here's your host, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the Kickoff of the Valley podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunner. That is Tyler Vazquez. We're going to be previewing the Thursday night football game between our Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints will be in town. We're at State Farm Stadium. Another home game, Tyler. And, well, the cards aren't playing well at home right now. So what do you... What are your thoughts heading into Thursday's game? My thoughts are
1: that if the Cardinals don't win Thursday, it'll be more than a calendar year before their next victory Ooh. at home. So got to get the ship right yeah. at some point.
0: They have and lost eight straight at home is the number right now. Eight straight. That's yeah. crazy.
1: So sad. Uh, well, well, No better team than the Saints. I know we felt this way about the Seahawks last week, but no better team than the Saints. And, you know, traditionally, this is our midweek pod. So we more talk about the previous game. We'll we'll dabble a little bit into the next game. But in this case, we're going to do our preview show early because the game will be Thursday and this is going to drop tomorrow, Wednesday. So um, we're going to deep dive right into Cardinal
0: Saints today. Uh, and you said no better team than the Saints. Why do you why do you say that? Do you think the uh, the Saints are vulnerable right now? I mean, what? Uh, yeah, no the, I, the I mean
1: the Saints are two and four as well. You know they're they're not great. Um, they just lost to the Bengals. Their only wins are against the Seahawks and the Falcons, and they barely beat the Falcons. Now, mm. all things considered, when we really look at Sunday, the Cardinals kind of beat the Seahawks in most facets of the game. They really just beat themselves. So it wasn't like the Seahawks like dominate them in in any stretch of the imagination. The Cardinals were in the red zone more than they were. I I mean, the opportunities were there to easily win that game. Uh, I I think the Cardinals, a lot of their wounds are self-inflicted, right? But when you look at the saints as a whole, back to your question, I mean, they've lost to the Buccaneers, they lost to the Panthers, they've lost to the Vikings, uh, and then just most recently, like I said,
0: with the Bengals. So, um, Yeah, but they're putting points up on the board. Like, if you look at the uh, score, uh, 27 points when they beat the Falcons, only 10 against the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. They they put 14 up against the Panthers. They They put 25 up when they lost to the Vikings, 20-25. They put 39 up when they beat the Seahawks, and they put 26 up. Uh, losing to the Bengals uh, this last Sunday. But, I mean, and then you compare that to the points that the Cardinals are putting up, it's, it, there's no comparison, though.
1: The, yeah, of, of course. I, I mean, Liz, listen, gutter, the Cardinals will not win another game if they don't figure out these offensive yeah. uh, issues. So at the end of the day, I, I mean, yeah, we can say X amount of every team that comes in here at this point will put up more points than the Cardinals. So the the rest of the season, that's going to kind of be the narrative. So at this point, it's that's what the Cardinals have to focus on, and, and you know that's what they're focusing on. Uh, it's going to be difficult because of injuries. Let's talk about some of those that that just came out of the last game. Justin Pugh on Monday was announced that he's done for the season uh, with a knee injury, so he will be gone. He kept get leaving games last few uh, games we've had because of injuries, and now he is done for the season. Uh, they did just activate Cody Ford off of – are uh, the, they designate him to come off of IR. so now they have X amount of time to activate him. So you hope to get him back so he can replace Pew. Uh, but in the interim, you know you're gonna be looking at like Max Garcia to fill that void like he has been doing uh, anytime Pew's gotten hurt. Um, Hollywood Brown, obviously the big one coming out of the game that we talked about. Uh, it turns out it was a small non-surgical fracture. The recovery is estimated six weeks. Where was on his foot? Yep, yep, that's on the foot. And we expect for him to be back week 12 versus the Patriots, another home game um, that we would hope he makes it back for. Now, the Cardinals uh, did get into a little business yesterday when when that uh, injury came down. They also made a trade for Robbie Anderson, who today on this Tuesday uh, at practice was sporting number 81. So okay. making 80s regular again for wide receivers. He's on that campaign. Uh most receivers are now doing that single-digit thing or, or the low digits. Uh, but he's he's rocking the 81 like uh Frank Sanders or Nanquan an Bolden used to do. Um Robbie Anderson in 2020, if if you remember, he was uh a stud. I mean, he was like the fantasy sleeper. Uh he had 95 catches. Uh, almost 1100 yards, three touchdowns. He brings size, he's 6 foot 3, which the Cardinals desperately need. Uh speed and then playmaking ability. Those are actually three things that coach uh wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson pointed out. So the Cardinals uh, obviously with Wesley going down for the year and AJ Green not really performing, mm-hmm. I mean all of their receivers have been under 6 foot. So you bring in a guy that's six, three, that is a bit of a speedster. So now you got size and speed on the outside uh, for Kyler to kind of rely on. Do I expect much out of him this Thursday? Probably not. Um, but hopefully, you know, as the season goes on here, he can make a difference and provide some help to that offense.
0: Right. So it, with uh, Hollywood Brown down, I mean, we were hoping for Hollywood Brown and in, uh, in D hop, right. You know, mm-hmm. one on each side. So, Is Robbie not going to be in for uh, Hollywood Brown, or who's taking Hollywood Brown's spot there on the Uh, wide receiver? I think this game, it's going to be a little bit of a combo. I
1: think you'll probably see (laughs) – my favorite and yours, Greg Dorch, get a little okay. bit of run again. I think he might get some play this week uh, just because the game's Thursday, right? I mean, Robbie just joined the team technically today on a Tuesday. So yeah. for him to know the playbook, I mean, they're going to have him run generic routes and he'll get some action. But, you know, he's not going to be up to speed within two days. So all things considered, uh, I would think this Thursday against the Saints, you're going to see a little more of Greg Dorch. Um, and obviously, getting Rondell Moore continue to get feed plays to him. In addition,
0: you know what's interesting? I'm, I pulled up the ESPN uh, depth chart for the Cardinals, which they have updated with Robbie Anderson on here. They got uh, wide receiver one with DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. AJ Green. Uh, it uh, in second at WR one, WR two is still Marquise Brown and Robbie Anderson at number two in second on the WR two, WR three Rondell Moore followed by Greg Dorch. Yep.
1: Yeah, I I think they're gonna move some people around though, right? Like I I you think you'll yeah. probably just for this game at least. So AJ Green will still get opportunities. It's not like AJ Green is
0: gonna get Well, go yeah, anywhere. you see a lot of seconds. You see a lot of seconds get touchdowns and stuff. They're getting targeted for
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. He'll get played. Yeah. But you hit on it. The Cardinals did activate yesterday. Nuke, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh he's back and he's ready to go. He actually did some media today uh with the press conference and talked about You know, he knows he's not going to fix all the Cardinals problems, but he does look to put a spark. He said it's really frustrating watching the Cardinals over the past few weeks. It sounds like a fan just like us. Right Um, now to activate DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm sure we'll talk about him more as the podcast goes on. But uh, to activate him, if we could please have a moment of silence. The Cardinals had to release somebody and they decided to release kicker Matt Amendola. And I know he was a favorite of yours, Gunner. So if you want to take <laughs> a moment not. of silence uh, to recognize the contributions that Matt Amadola no. made. It, what, cont- Stop.
0: what contributions? There's no moment of silence. Hey,
1: he got the first
0: it, points in the first quarter. The Cardinals had all year. He got three. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I mean, other than did, now when, it, when the it pressure was, was, I mean, that was the first quarter. There wasn't pressure <laughs> at all. When the pressure's on. He wouldn't bring in it. I mean, we already talked about how the Chiefs had him. For the first few weeks of the season with Butker going down, he missed some field goals. They released him. Cardinals picked him up, regretted that right off the bat. But who did they uh, who's kicking our field goals now? Is Prater back? I thought it was going to be Prater.
1: I thought that meant Prater was going to be ready because they said last week that Prater was close uh, with that hip injury. But I'm donning. I don't wear glasses, Gunner these glasses i'm wearing right now and i know this is an audio podcast and hopefully ka mm-hmm. ka producer adam the bird god will get us some video footage uh video clips to post on social this week cuz if he <laughs>
2: uh, voice <laughs> if the he... bird god here yeah, there you go Little tease with uh, Tyler wearing what I'm assuming are non-prescription lenses, we would hope. These <laughs> <he's> blue, are <laughs> blue blue blockers. Any blue of his blue notes. Blockers. Uh, but we've got a kicker coming in here for Arizona that from 20 to 29 yards away in his career is 14 of 14. They call that perfection. From 30 to 39 yards, 15 of 17. Hey, that's pretty 49, close. 49, 15 of 19. And those always key moments when you need that long field goal, never fear. This guy's going to knock through 25% of those, one for four from beyond 50 yards.
1: And what that is Mr. Rodrigo Blankenship, oh, is now gosh. an Arizona <laughs> Cardinal, hence why I'm rocking the specs, Gunner. But why are you uh, such a big fan of
0: his, though? Like, what? what?
1: The goggles. I mean, that's just the it, goggles. That's the glasses.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> his God. are a lot thicker, though. I, I just Googled but, this guy. They and, are, yeah, I, his...
1: <laughs> I, Gunner, don't have, you have no fear. If you come out to the tailgate Thursday out at the Lola, Uh birdgangtailgate.com, if you come out to the tailgate Thursday, I have them on rush order. They'll be here tomorrow. Thank you, Amazon, for being so efficient. I have some thicker glasses that will be coming that I'll be donning uh, in the spirit of Rodrigo Blankenship.
0: Yeah, it still says on uh, uh, Wikipedia that his current team is the Indianapolis Colts, but up above it does say place kicker for the Arizona Cardinals. So they're they're doing some updating right now as we speak on his – Anyone can, update,
1: uh, anyone can update Wikipedia. I have a sense Change of,
0: uh,
2: it where this gentleman is going. By the way, he, he really splashed the pot for the Indianapolis Colts when he came into the league in 2020, knocking 86.5% of his field goals okay. through that season. He followed it up. That was a 32 of 37 overall in 2020. 2021, five games, 11 of 14, 78.6%. And then in 2022, just three attempts, knocked through two of them for 66.7% and then effectively uh, lost his role with the Colts. Hard to find
1: good. Now kicking. Wait. he lost that role though because he did miss the game-winning field goal in Week One for the Colts. Mm. Uh, it was a forty-two yarder. What does that sound like? Um, but they also said he proved to be a liability on kickoffs. So I don't know. <laughs> be careful What's a what liability? you. you, you a just can't make, kick it straight. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe his kicks. I, I didn't. I haven't got to watch uh, any Colts or Rodrigo Blankenship footage from week one but or the preseason. Maybe he was kicking them out of bounds. Maybe he was just shallow kicks, giving the the other team well, more yards. That would be the only know.
0: liability, right? If it goes out of bounds, that's a penalty. So that would be the only liability. Yeah, yeah so, move him up yeah, to the 40. Uh,
2: I do believe he was uh, shanking a couple of his kicks out of bounds, obviously costing hey. field position. The other factor that you may not think about necessarily because we're so used to balls going out of the end zone is also, and by the way, dangerous team in the Saints with some really good returners, right? Just not putting the ball where it needs to be, Mm. whether that's through the end zone or left side, right side, right? Where's the coverage going to be headed there? Chris Olave, the rookie for the Saints, will be back this week. So then they have another rookie there as well, had a nice long return for them in this past game. So a lot of danger out there for old black and chip.
1: (laughs) One one thing I do want to note, as, as we were just, uh, we, we just sputtered off onto the Rodrigo train there, but we were talking about Deandre Hopkins since 2021 Deandre Hopkins, uh, and the Cardinals are eight and two with hop, uh, 30 points per game. So when we talk about those offensive woes, and I know gunner, you always go to this Mm -hmm. hop shouldn't make this much of a difference, but he does. When we look at the numbers, uh, you look at the numbers, but that was last year. Okay. You know, listen. It, yeah. Listen. Eight and two, thirty points per game without Hop. Five and nine, nineteen points per game. Again, that that kind of goes to where the Cardinals are right now. So, um, but you got to uh-huh. hope that this, the, these are things, these are things will be corrected. Yeah, with, you hope. You hope.
0: Yeah, you hope. And I mean, the 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 Saints are going to be well prepared for a uh, hops return. I don't know who they, I guess that's a, a question for beyond en- enemy lines later is to who, who did the saints have that can match up against Hopkins? You know, I, I, I think when you look at those numbers, yeah, they look great from last season when, uh, when Hopkins was playing, but I mean, this is, they look like a completely different team from last season, man. I mean, they just can't get anything going. I, I, I mean, Hopkins is going to help, you know, hopefully turn things around, you know, if anything, just having that um, energy on the sideline and on the team and, and, you know, and all that. But I mean, dude, I, I don't think he's the magic potion to turn all this around. We'll see that. We hopefully, we I can eat my words. Find,
1: yeah, we're about to find out, right? Um, let's talk about the Saints' offense and defense versus, and then also the Cardinals' offense and defense. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranks their offense number nine in the NFL, their defense 19th, so defense definitely beatable, right? Like, their defense, when you think about the Saints, and, and we'll talk to our Be- Behind Enemy Lines guest about this, mm-hmm. when you think about the Saints over the last, I don't know, feels like a decade, uh, it's always been the strength of this team. Now, with Drew they they obviously had a great offense. Things have been a little dicey ever since, but uh, defensively, that is their strength. But right now, when you look at where they're ranked, uh, it's really the offense that has carried them so far this season when they've had success. Um, the Cardinals in offense, they are now ranked 20th. They were 17th going into the Seahawks game. So they did drop back a few spots defensively. And I think this is so crazy. And I don't know, like I can never, I can't find anyone that can explain how pro football focus can figure this out, but Mm. they have uh, the Cardinals defense at 32nd, the worst in the NFL. And I just, with what they've been with the cart, with what the Cardinals have managed to do on defense against some of these star number one receivers, you talk about limiting Devontae Adams, limiting Cooper cup, limiting DK Met, calf and and lock it and just all these star wide receivers that they've had to play weeks after weeks after weeks and uh i still to see their defense being ranked the last thing i felt doesn't really make sense to me but it is what it is um one news to note i want your opinion on this gunner Mm -hmm. uh coach kingsbury said he was kind of uh prodded on this in a few interviews this week he was asked would to get this offensive corrected Would you relinquish play calling duties? And he said, quote, uh, or actually, I'm going to I'm going to kind of abbreviate this a little bit. But he basically said along the lines, whatever it takes to win, I'd be willing to do.
0: Yeah, I I did see that or I heard it or whatever. But I I don't know, man. You know, you got a guy in there who's a self-proclaimed offensive guru that, you know, that what he's doing, you know, is he. He thinks what he's doing is right, you know. I I just don't see a guy like that giving relinquishing duties, you know, and giving it to somebody else. who Who would he give it to? I know they don't have the offensive coordinator. He's the head coach and the play caller and the offensive coordinators. Who would he, Who would he uh, relinquish the duties to? Uh, we talked about this uh, on the last episode. I I, I don't know. It, well, it we could speculated be... like if he was canned, who would take over? But I mean, if he's still there on the sidelines. And he is the oh, Yeah, I, I don't think they'd be bringing anyone in, not mid season.
1: Like it would probably be someone already on the staff. So again, Cam Turner, um Coach Jefferson. I, I mean the, you've got a few coaches that could slide in.
0: Um God, what are the odds? There's no way he's gonna give up the duties, man. He's he's a uh he's he's a dude that uh has an ego. Right, and, and if you were to hand that clipboard over and the the headset to to Kyler Murray's uh, helmet over to somebody else, that's an ego hit. I don't see him doing that, man. I don't see him doing it either. Yeah, but he's gonna uh, say what he's gonna say, but he's not doing that. He's not really relinquishing those duties, so he'll still be calling the plays on Thursday, of course. But but
1: you know, here's the thing: now that he's opened those can of worms, if they continue to struggle, they're gonna keep bringing this up. I yeah. mean, this is gonna keep coming up, and. And
0: Again, at some no point, offensive coordinator who's going to do it. I mean, there's nobody experienced enough that I, at least I don't think, on on that sideline that can uh, take over for Cliff and do a better job. Well, I mean, could you really do a worse
1: job at this point?
0: <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, all you got to do is uh-huh. score a touchdown in the first quarter and you're golden, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, as much as it's like, yeah, experience, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, If that matters at this point, at some point you just need someone that is going to be aggressive and, and, you know, do something a little bit different. So I I wouldn't be against it. I know Kyler Murray was favorable. I believe it was coach Whipple. Uh, I'm actually going to look this up real quick. Uh yeah, Coach Spencer Whipple. Uh, last year he was the assistant wide receivers coach. Uh, I assume he's still the assistant wide receivers coach, but he had to fill in last season when um the team was kind of ravaged with COVID, and mm-hmm. he filled in. And I remember the one thing Kyler after the game was highlighting was that uh how aggressive he was and 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 how good the offensive flowed. Um, now he, I don't think would have been the first choice if it wasn't for, they had multiple coaches with COVID and all, all of them were gone. So they had to kind of default to whoever was available at that point. So, yeah. um, but it shows like, uh, the Cardinals did have play calling or, or, or scoring issues at times last year, even. And, uh, you had someone come in and fill in and all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> the Cardinals are able to score. <laughs> so who knows? I mean, you know, maybe that does happen. So that was against the Browns last year, and the Cardinals ended up lighting it up, from what I remember. Um, they ended up uh having having a having, a gr- having great success offensively. So
0: yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I don't think it's going to happen uh, for Thursday, and his excuse is going to be there wasn't enough time to prepare, you know, a new play caller for the uh, the Cardinals. So he's going to take the reins and. I, my hope dude on Thursday is yeah, uh, they win, but if they can't pull out the win, my hope on Friday would be that they, uh, they have can, uh, cliff Kingsbury, you know, I mean, there's so many people that'll say, oh, they just signed him. And you've said that Tyler, they just signed him. They're never, they're not going to fire him, but gotta make a change, man. This fan base is, uh, is not happy as it is. And if they continue to lose at home, uh, that anger is just going to escalate and get hotter if you will. Yeah, we actually put out a tweet at Gang Travel after the
1: game, and and I basically just said, Gang sound off, and let's hear your opinion. Yeah, I got a lot of impressions. I think it had (laughs) 20,000 views. Um, I'm trying to find it here. But it was basically like, retweet if you think Cliff needs to go, like if you think uh, Kime needs to go or quote the tweet or comment if you need, yeah. if you think they all should go. And so, um, the likes. So, yeah, if you want to like the tweet, that was for Cliff. It had 336 likes. Retweet if you think Kime needs to go. It had 84 likes or 84 retweets. And then the comments of like that they both need to go had 104. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, if
0: they're too good of friends for Kime, do you, uh, you know, to cut him? I mean, uh, the owner, Bidwell, needs to pull the trigger on that and bring a yeah, whole new regime, man. He's going
1: to have to step in at some yeah. point. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, again, no better game for the Cardinals to try to get right here than with the Saints, right? The Saints are not clicking on all cylinders, but the last time the Cardinals played the Saints, um, the Saints won. It was 31-9. to I actually went to that game. It was in New Orleans, I will say one of my favorite cities to go to. and I didn't Did you hit from- up
0: Bourbon Street or what? Oh, we had a party on
1: Bourbon dude, Street. We had nice, one of the dude. bars rented out. We had we had two floors, and we were throwing beads down, and it was a good time out there. Actually, you know, I want to tell a fun story about that, even though this this isn't a road game. Um, so we had our pep rally party right on Bourbon Street, yeah, and the party ends. You know, we wrap it up by about ten or eleven p.m. on Saturday night because we got to be up super early for the tailgate the next day. And we put on a huge tailgate. There were four hundred Cardinal fans right across Ooh. from the Superdome. And uh, as we're wrapping up, my wife looks outside on the patio, and uh, some guys want to like get into the room to hang out because it was more of like a kind of a more private area. And uh, we're like, "Oh yeah, we're cleaning up. You guys can come in. You can come in." Well, one of the guys smoking a dart out on the patio is post Malone and uh <laughs> he's just hanging out and he ends up coming cool. in I took a picture with him uh good dude but we we officially you know we we ran with that we said post Malone hanging out at our party in New Orleans yeah. uh Cardinal Cardinal pep rally party um so yeah it was that was a cool experience going to New Orleans but this time around they're coming to see us
0: Yeah, yeah
1: uh, Series-wise, Saints lead the Cardinals 16-15 to in in their matchups, so um, hopefully the Cardinals can even this up at five hundred and help themselves in the division. Right now, we're behind everyone in the division by one game, so if the Cardinals can can get this W on Thursday, they'll be in, in, in better shape. But with that being said, let's bring in our guests this week. Let's go behind enemy lines. From the uh, bla- I believe it's a Black and Gold podcast, and Odyssey Black and Gold. Inside Black and Gold. My apologies. Uh, Inside Black and Gold podcast with the Odyssey Sports fa- uh, family of podcasts. Jeff, I don't want to mess up your last name. Noak. Noak.
3: Yeah. Noak. Like it, just like it's spelled.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, Jeff well. Noak. Uh, Jeff, how you doing, bud? Thanks for coming on.
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's oddly cold in New Orleans today. That's that's kind of the weird thing. Is it's windy. It's like 50 degrees, and it's going to get back to 90 degrees on uh, on Friday. So you know, I was going to
1: say, if you want 90, 95 to 100, you can come here.
3: Yeah. And so you said, I just heard you talking about you 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 saw Post Malone in New Orleans. I mean, how could you possibly have recognized him?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I think it was so Halloween
3: with, with face tattoos walking around.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure it was the week coming out of Halloween or the week prior he had a concert like the next day so he was just hanging out going bar to bar and then he went and performed uh that's the cool thing about new orleans and i and i said this i i honestly i'm a huge fan i've heard some people being like uh oh, it's a little dirty a little run down it is I, I i'm i'm different i think you could grab a lap if you could work remote Every little bar and and, and cafe all has live music all day long. You could just sit up there, get your work done. We could do a podcast from one of the bars on Bourbon Street. It'd be great. Uh something. Yeah. (laughs) So let's let's get into the Saints. Uh first thing I want to hit you with, obviously, quarterback, it's the thing that matters most. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, um, Jameis. Uh, coach, uh, Daniels had said today, or, or actually I think it was yesterday, um, that they're not trying to rush Jameis Winston back. Um, but Andy Dalton had and he did back it up that Andy Dalton has three starts, uh, has been, aver- the team has gotten is average right around 30 points a game. So when you look at, uh, for Thursday night, I know both are on the injury report, yeah. both with back issues. Uh, who do you think is starting Thursday and does it make a difference?
3: Well, first things first, I don't want to, I want to say this before I forget it. I know you were talking about the last time the Saints and Falcons, I'm sorry, the Saints and Cardinals played. And that was in New Orleans. Now, if you remember, that was back in the 2019 season. Yep. That was the year that Teddy Bridgewater started five games in relief of Drew Brees and won five and oh, and the first Mm -hmm. game that he came back was against the Cardinals. It was Kyler Murray as a rookie. So it's kind of interesting. This could be, you know, if Jameis does come back for this game. You know, it'll be the second time in a row the, the Cardinals and Saints have played with the starting quarterback coming back from a multi-week injury. And, you know, it, it is a difficult question to answer because what uh, Dennis Allen said after the game was Jameis isn't 100 percent healthy. Jameis was active for week six. But what we learned in the aftermath is he was the quote unquote emergency third option. Taysom Hill was actually the backup quarterback for that game. Um, And so like the reason you had Jameis active was because they had to cut Jake Luton, who had been the backup, the third string backup, going into that week so that they could make room for some of the receivers that they had to call up uh, because you still have no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. Chris Olave was out. Deontay Hardy got put on injured reserve. So it's really a question of how healthy both of these guys are. And I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Taysom Hill starts the game because we don't know exactly how significant... Andy Dalton's back injury is he's been limited in practice. Uh, well, he was limited in today's practice, he would have been limited had they practiced yesterday. That's something mm-hmm. with the Thursday night games. The injury, the first injury report of the week is like a guess. Like yeah, a I saw that practiced if they did. Both teams um, had a lot of uh, guest injuries for, yes. for Monday because they both took Monday off. Yes, and so Jameis has been limited, he was limited throughout last week. I think it's going to be Jameis, um, you know, the, the quick turnaround to Thursday night. Honestly, if you want to talk about someone who's not 100%, it's probably going to be harder on Andy Dalton, who actually played on Sunday, if he's dealing with an injury, than Jameis, who might not be 100%. And I think that what DA said is kind of interesting because he's not 100%. You know, all you hear from NFL players is throughout the season, no one's 100% yeah. ever. So it's not really a question of whether he's 100% because there's got to you know, I'm sure half the roster is out there playing at something less than 100%. It's can he play at a level that you feel like can help you win. And, you know, this is a guy who played in weeks two and three with, you know, what you think are similar injuries at the very least to what he's dealing with now. So I would guess you're going back to Jameis, but it's really tough to say. You mentioned the the wide receiver room last game. It was like
1: all your receivers were out. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, talking Michael Thomas, who everyone was hoping would resurrect his career this season, and he looked like he was off to a great start, but a- again, banged up. Uh, Jarvis Landry, someone you guys acquired. Uh, you guys, you guys got him last season, right? This off season. Yeah, or this was the last
3: this, this off season. Yeah. Yeah. This offseason.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, but you guys had Jarvis uh Jarvis Landry and then uh, Olave obviously been a bright spot for the team. Olave came out of concussion protocol. I saw that. Uh but but again on that guest report, I didn't see today's yet. Uh Michael Thomas and Landry were on that guest report for Monday. It did um, actually just come
3: out. I just got it in my uh
1: Are, my are they mouth. still on the injury report or are you guys going to be healthy at wide receiver or do you think you're going to be uh, missing ab- some weapons? Absolutely weapon not. No.
3: I I I don't think Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are going to be out there. It does not sound like they're going to be um Chris Olave, we did talk to him in the locker room today. He said he has he, he was cleared through the concussion protocol last week, but you have to also be cleared by an independent neurologist, and that's what mm-hmm. held him out for week six. That he has been cleared. He said he's good to go. So Chris Olave will be out there unless you know he trips and and breaks his leg, uh, you know, some other injury yeah. occurs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he will be out there, and that's a big uh, positive for the Saints because last week, you know, you were talking about. Keith Kirkwood, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, uh, Rashid Shahid, who is a Weber State kid who got who got signed to the active roster and scored a touchdown on his first career uh, offensive touch, which, like a sweep, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I expect him to be more incorporated in the offense this week in some of the, like in that gadget role, but yeah, I mean it's still going to be a team that's hurting significantly at the wide receiver position. And I think the the only positive you can say for the Saints is that Jameis and Chris Olave have been in sync from day one. Um, so, you know, if he can get him back, it's going to be a little bit easier on the uh, on the workload of the wide receivers. But this is also a team that's run for 200 yards each of the last two weeks. So, you know, it's going to – they're going to try to do that again, I'm sure.
1: You teed me up so nicely. Uh, that's exactly where I was going. The Saints averaging over 230 yards uh, rushing the last two games – Alvin Kamara, uh, Mark Ingram, and of course we talked about earlier the gadget player himself, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, between his arm and his legs. I I mean, when we talk about this run game, how important to the Saints knocking off the Cardinals this week, uh, how important is that, that running back room?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if you call Taysom Hill a gadget player. I, know. I, I think he's I like literally a gadget at this yeah. point. You know, like go-go gadget, whatever you need. That's what you he's look. You, do. you look on fantasy, and it's like he's listed as like – you can list them as like four different positions. I mean, where, where do you put them? Right, and, and you know, I would list him at three positions, and none of them would be tight end because yeah. he hasn't played tight end. But that's where I got the start of my fantasy funny story. During the fantasy football draft that I have, I was texting a friend of mine – and he, I t- drafted Taysom Hill with my last pick. And he, he sent me a text and was laughing. And I was like, you look, Taysom Hill is going to score double-digit touchdowns this year. And he's going to steal all of Alvin Kamara's touchdowns. Well, you know, I started him uh, in week five against that person I was texting. And it was just like, yeah, this, this works. He got 38 points. But that's exactly what's happened. Al- Taysom Hill has six touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has zero. So if you are an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, you hate Taysom Hill. If you're a Saints fan, you love Taysom Hill. And what he's able to do in the run game is from the quarterback position, he is more of a wildcat quarterback than a, than a mm-hmm. tight end or than, than a traditional runner. And so a lot of times what you'll see is um, you know, you're going to have five offensive linemen, two jumbo linemen, and then three tight ends on the field with Taysom Hill taking a direct snap And it's just 11-on-11 football. And it's like, okay, come up and make a tackle. Uh, And if you don't, he's going to run. And you're going to see that on third and short. You're going to see that in the red zone. And it has been very effective. The Bengals actually did a good job of stopping it in this past game. And I think that's a big reason why you saw the Saints go 1-5 of in the red zone. Uh, Because this has been a hyper-efficient team in the red zone to this point in the season. Um, And so if this team, this is not an offense that's going to get down the field Time and time again, they need to make those scoring opportunities count. And that's what they weren't able to do last week. And it cost them a game against the Bengals. But yeah, I mean, the run game is something that has come out of nowhere (laughs) to some extent. Like this is not a team that you expected to run the ball for 200 yards a game, but it has made the Andy Dalton led offense a lot more effective. Um, And my question is whether you can continue to be as effective on the ground with Jameis in there. Um, just because you're going to be seeing different looks and you're going to have to rely on him to get you into those run plays. Um, and I'm just not sure that he's able to do that as well as Andy Dalton is just kind of a seasoned veteran who's been around forever. Um, but yeah, that's going to be something that if it can continue, will help the Saints get back on track because these teams are in very similar situations. They're both two and four. They're both in the a weak NFC. Neither team is in a division with a, anyone who has a better a record better than three and three. so whichever one of these teams wins this game will feel like they are right there in the NFC, whichever team loses it will feel like they are a mile away from where they need to be. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah. It's crazy to think in week seven that you're talking about a, a must win, but uh, I, I think that's kind of where you're at, just as teams will start getting some separation here soon, you would think. Um, so, yeah, the very important game on Thursday for both. Uh, my last question for you we talked to the defense. I feel like the Saints' strength over, I don't know, decade plus has always been the defense. Uh, lately, as of late, given up about 20 plus points a game this season. Um, what do you make about the defense, and and can the Cardinals' offense get right with the Saints, uh, the Saints' defense on Thursday?
3: Well, so you know it's it's funny you say that because during the you know the middle part of Drew Brees' career, he would have killed for a league average defense. He couldn't get it. You know he yeah. <laughs> they were okay. bottom five. You know you were going through the Rob Ryan years. It was it was bad. Um, but the last five years, this defense has been on an upward trajectory each year. They've gotten better and better and better. And it's a big part of why Dennis Allen is the head coach right now, right? Because this defense continued to improve and it became a, a team that, you know, kind of identified with its defense rather than a team who had to win in spite of its defense. And so that's why when you went into this season, you promoted Dennis Allen to head coach. You're like, OK, we don't want to waste this title caliber defense. So we're going to go all in. We're going to we're going to get an extra first round pick. We're going to trade up for Chris Olave. You know, and then you look at what's happened this season. And this team is, you know, 29th in scoring defense through six weeks. And that's just you wouldn't have done what you did. You wouldn't have been aggressive as you as aggressive as you were if you were anticipating a bottom 10 scoring defense. So that is where this team has to figure it out. Um, the pass rush hasn't been good. You're gonna be without Marshawn Lattimore again, it looks like. Um, he's dealing with a a kind of a nasty sounding injury is like a, like a bruised spleen, um, which I don't even know how, how, what that is exactly, but it doesn't sound good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to see Paulson, a D Bradley Roby on the outside, there's a chance they activate a Taylor off injured reserve. So you might see him peppered in there, but you're probably going to see Chris Harris again, called up the practice squad. So there's going to be a lot to attack in that secondary. Um, and you know, I asked, Dennis Allen about how you prepare for a team that suddenly has Deandre Hopkins back. And he said, you really can't do much. You just have to kind of adjust for how they're going to get the ball to him. And so, but you don't have a cornerback that can shadow him like you would with Lattimore. So you're going to see them split the field with the defensive backs and just hope for the best. What you saw against the Bengals more so than in the past is they played a lot of too high shell, which opens up the middle of the field. And that's why Jamar chase was able to kind of feast in the middle of the field. Um, the other thing that the Saints have struggled to defend is kind of mobile quarterbacks at RPO action. So I ex- anticipate that that's going to continue and Kyler Murray is going to be able to make some things happen uh, in that part of the field.
1: With the legs. I love it.
0: Well, that that said, Jeff, I mean, there's a lot of breakdown and stuff. What is the, uh, the thought in uh, New Orleans right now? Do you guys uh, feel like you guys can win against the Cardinals or what's kind of the vibe?
1: Well, this right is now? where you usually go. We usually get your prediction what yeah. what are where, where are you gonna we put a bet on this too gunner usually bets on whoever comes on for inside uh uh the behind enemy lines he typically whatever your prediction is he will put some money on it and you
3: get a cut if you hit so we <laughs> want you to we want you to bet realistically well there is not a lot of positivity right now and you know part of it is due to this this span- fan base, this New Orleans fan base, has been a little spoiled, right? You had mm-hmm. Sean Payton forever, you had Drew Brees forever. Now you don't know who your quarterback is week in week out. You know a great example is the Saints got the ball back with a minute and fifty seven seconds left. They needed they had three timeouts and they needed to get downfield and score a touchdown. And when you had Drew Brees, you were like, man, we're gonna win this game. Yeah. That didn't doesn't feel that way anymore. You know when it, when it's Andy Dalton and he barely got past midfield, right? Yeah. Um, so. From a fan sentiment point, there is a lot of frustration because the talent is on is there on this team. The injuries are still there. You know, it happened last year. It happened again this year, and you haven't figured out a way to to kind of just be league average in an injury prevention department. Um, and the offense has played better than you probably expected without its starting quarterback and with all the injuries. But the defense has let you down. So you know, there's a lot of frustration. That said, I watched this this Cardinals team lo- get held to nine points by what I would argue is the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, let's not bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, any in any other circumstance, I would say, man, I don't trust this Saints team to win a game. But, you know, that's a Seahawks team that, you know, and granted, they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back, the Cardinals are, and I, and I understand that. But if you hey, can't... We
1: have- We have home field advantage, baby. We're great at home. You know what I mean.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. I watched that Seahawks. That that Seahawks defense is atrocious. Yeah. This, This Saints team put up 39 points. Taysom Hill scored four touchdowns. Yeah. So there's there's no excuse for not being able to score against that team. So you know, if the offense, if the the Cardinals offense can't get anything done against the Seahawks, then I have a hard time seeing them get anything done against a defense that has been unperforming, but it has not been terrible. You know, they're getting pressure. You know, they have, you know, lockdown man corners
0: and you just don't have your best one.
3: So, I, you know, I don't know what the line is. Um, I think the Saints it's, get
0: right in this game. Okay. It, uh, Arizona's favored by one point, which normally a home team would get three points, you yeah. know. So, so Vegas the doesn't have favored. Yeah. Um,
3: this has also been a team that has played very well away from home. Um, so oh, that's great. something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the and the Cardinals have uh, have lost eight straight at home. So
2: well, the
3: Saints we have been that. terrible at home too. The Saints have lost, you know, six of their last eight games at home. Yeah, but they've won like I want to say six of their last eight road games,
1: <laughs> which is honestly crazy because that Saints home atmosphere is mm-hmm. awesome probably top five in the NFL uh, when they turn the lights down and do all the cool stuff. And you got the fan, the, the guy with the big helmet with the whistle. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you live for a block away from me.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. You guys, you guys got a great, 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 great fan
3: base, what? but we need to get a score from you. What's your score, score? prediction? Yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> tough. Um, but yeah, for, I mean, I'll tell you that everyone who's in the dome feels the same way. Like this is a fan base that expects to have a home field advantage and it just hasn't existed um, over the last two years, you know, since Drew Brees retired, it has not existed. So maybe it was just Drew Brees. Um, you know, I, it it really, it's tough because if, if Jameis is out there, you know, I think you're going to, the offense is going to look a lot different because they're going to try to go over the top a lot more to Chris Olave. Um, I think this is going to be a field goal game, you know, maybe, maybe 24, 15 in that range. I think the Saints are going they're going to win it. You know, I and I just Ooh. don't know, you know, is Robbie Anderson active, right? Is DeAndre Hopkins rusty? Um th- those are the questions because if those guys can make an impact, then that's one thing. I don't know I, that, I don't wait, even know who the Cardinals' running an, back is. Is it going to be Eno you know, Benjamin? Like I, I I honestly don't know. That that's an interesting score. Tw- what was it? 24-15? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a there's a there's a failed two point conversion mixed in somewhere. I was gonna say you, I was gonna say that, that one honestly though, gutter is gonna pay out big time because that is
0: probably I assume, not a Yeah,
1: normal. Yeah. Score. <laughs> I mean it's
3: too it touch- might just score a gami. That's usually not one to
0: bet.
1: Yeah, gummy yeah. baby. Uh, well, Jeff, get, get your well, plugs I mean, in. Let's see how do, oh. how do they get
3: there? How do they get there?
1: Right. Well,
0: it's they, all field goals or it's well, no, two touchdowns. It's, it.
3: it's yeah, so you can yeah, get it's it's all there if th- you're the Saints with three touchdowns and a field goal.
0: Yeah. If you're the Saints on the 24, on the 15, it's all field goals for Cardinals. That's them not getting in the end zone, or it's two touchdowns with one two point conversion. So, well,
3: hey, that makes sense. I'm with it. You could, uh, yeah. So, yeah, they can do the, it. The, the scenario you could have is the Saints are up 21 to seven. Mm-hmm. No. 21 no, to they 6.
0: wouldn't get to 15.
3: 21 to six. No. Yeah, 21 to seven. You, you wouldn't push it to 15. Yeah, there's no reason to go to 15 uh either whatever i already said i'm gonna stick with it there you go
1: i like it i like it he's he's holding to it he's not hedging his bets like gutter does it's possible i gotta
0: hedge the bet yeah i always gotta hedge him
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh jeff where can uh where can everyone find your guys's coverage this week on this game Where, where uh where can people find you
3: yeah so yeah the inside black and gold podcast it is an ampersand so if you can't draw it you can you can type it in That's black and gold. It's on wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, the 2400 Sports Network, Odyssey, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast. Deezer. I'm learning all of these for the first time. Um, And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noack. I've been very snarky the last few weeks because I hate watching teams lose football games. And that's all that I've been able to do.
1: Oh, that sounds like Um, us. Hey, we could be best friends. This is (laughs) great.
3: (laughs) And uh, as you can see here, I'm with WWL. Uh, I host the pregame show. So if you're looking for a pregame show, that's live from, uh, well, on Thursday Night Football, it'll start at 3 p.m. So I'm on there from 3 to 5 with my co-host, Steve Geller. That's, uh, you know you can find that at WWL.com and that's where you'll also be able to find all of our um, coverage from, you know, pregame stuff, postgame stuff. And uh, we also do kind of a live reaction uh, podcast after the game. So if the Cardinals win and you want to go, you know, rub it in, come check it out. Uh, and if they lose and you want to see just how, just how uh, awful saints fans can be after a win, you know, check that
0: <laughs> out too. Those, those credentials behind you make it look pretty important too with the other uh, saints. Well, they let me in the building, so that helps. <laughs>
1: hey, that makes one of our shows. Uh, <laughs> well, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on and going beyond any of the lines with us. For sure, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Uh, but yeah, th- talking about the, the line, DraftKings has uh, the Cardinals at uh, one-point favorites. Uh, D- FanDuel has them at one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, and the over-under of 44-and-a-half points, Tyler. So, I mean, that 44-and-a-half that makes it uh, seem to me like it's going to be kind of a lower-scoring game.
1: Yeah, I, and you don't like when it gets in those lower four. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I mean, that's
0: that's usually when you take the under. Yeah, I, I mean, based on the last <laughs> based on the last number of Thursday night football games, uh, yeah, there has been point. zero touchdowns scored, I believe, in the last two. I know the last right is it the last two. I know two weeks ago, zero touchdowns was last yeah, Thursday. Yeah, last was that another one of those? Versus- yeah, they were snooze fest, both of them. They were really bad. I mean, you see that meme going around with Sunday Night Football, Monday Night mm-hmm. Football, and then uh the little uh the little girl on uh Yeah, what movie is that from? That's from that uh, Adam Sandler flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Rob, Schneider's, Rob yeah. Schneider's daughter in the uh yeah. that, that movie. <laughs> My wife was just
1: watching that the other day, and uh it's where they're all buddies growing up. I can't even yeah, remember
0: yeah. In Phenomenal meme. But yeah. uh I mean Dude, I mean, those last two games on Thursday Night Football, s- s- very similar over-under, uh, give or take a point or two uh, in the uh, the mid-40s. So this could hopefully doesn't end up being another one of those games where it is all field goals. But I think I'm going to hedge and just be a little uh, little cautious on it because I have no confidence in the other uh, Cardinals right now. They've lost me some money this season, so I'll, I'll do a little bit of hedging. But um, Kyler Murray on the passing yards, all they have, they, they don't have many up right now. They have Kyler Murray on the passing yards over under a two hundred and forty five on fa- on uh, DraftKings. Uh, which, uh, how are you feeling on two forty five? I feel like it's a little, little high.
1: Man, I. I... <laughs> This is why I'm terrible at betting because I let my fandom get into it. I just yeah. feel like Kyler Murray has to have a breakout game at some point. Like this offense can't be this bad forever. they it just they can't. Like there's yeah. too many weapons. He's got too much skill. Like they've done it before. It's not like they've been bad like this. He's, he's exploded before.
0: He's he, he's had 300 plus yard games. You know, but that's
1: that's what I'm saying. Like I, this has the makings of a game but it just bothers me because the Cardinals never show out on prime time. They always, you know, you always hope this is the year that they're going to, you know, show up on prime time Mm -hmm. and, and show the league, like what they could be. But my, so that's where I go back and forth on this. My fear is they're not going to do that again and they're going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And then my other side of it is they're beyond due. I mean, (laughs) we are are way past. Yeah. This is like going to the roulette table and all of the past numbers are are black, right? And you're yeah. like, okay, I'm going to bet red right now. I'm going to bet heavy because at some point, it's got to be a red number, gotta go. right? And yeah. so that's where we're at now. And I think uh, Kyler Murray, oh. Kyler Murray should break out.
0: But yeah, just like you hedging my bet, I also say they probably will suck again because they never perform at at pri- uh, I, I mean, just based on the history of Thursday night football last two weeks, you know, it kind of seems like that's the trend. So, oh, dude, and uh, Bet IQ, I will say this: our friends at Bet IQ, they do have the cards. Uh, winning by over a point they have that as a five-star bet which is their best bet their most confident bet so they do have the cards winning uh with the spread they have the total at 46 points but that's a three-star bet that's kind of right in the middle so they do kind of they see it could go over 44 to that 46 point mark Uh, and that's all according to bet iq
1: yeah, and I've seen some lines actually have them at a point and a half right now. So, you know, it's regardless, yeah. I mean, it's a coin toss of who's going to win. Oof. If you're not getting at least the three for being home, that means Vegas is not uh, Vegas not high on you. Speaking of yeah. another bet, though, Gunner, I'm going to yeah. see your thoughts on this one and if you would bet high on this one or not. Draft Kings, I just saw this uh, Kyle Odegaard, friend of the show, tweeted out the over-under win total is now six and a half for yeah. the Cardinals. Cardinals obviously have two wins now. They would need five more wins.
0: Yeah, and win, might not, to might to have point over. out that you had them at uh, over ten wins. Yeah, no sh- <laughs> At the beginning <laughs> of the season, so uh, now Vegas has them down to six and a half. So you're, I, saying I'm, a- I'm going to recant on on that prediction. By <laughs> the way, I'm going to say you goaded me into that. I felt like with the new I, podcast, I did. I <laughs> did. No, okay. Now let's go back to the last uh, what two podcasts ago. You put a bet on a sleeper pick of uh, Kyler Murray being the MVP. How are you feeling about that one? I keep drinking the Kool-Aid gutter, okay? <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm a fan. This is the podcast right. for the fans, by the fans. This is do, what happens. Do so you see him going six, over? Do you see six, him going over? No, I'm asking you. Six and a half games, six gutter. Six and a half. What do you think when you look um, at the schedule?
0: They're at two right now. Will they, will they beat the Saints at home? You got to take into account their winning streak at home. They're losing streak at home. But they can't lose forever at home. Like, I know. Oh that has got to end. But it, will it be on Thursday? I don't know. Uh, they're not going to beat the Vikings on uh, the 30th. So let's say they do beat the Saints on Thursday. That's three wins, right? Yeah. Uh, then they hit a Minnesota to take on the Vikings. That's a loss. Uh, Seahawks are in town on the 6th. A winnable game. All right, let's give them four. I'm almost betting they beat the Vikings, by the way. No. Yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals... Uh,
1: regardless of how bad they are they'll always minnesota they're like u of a (laughs) they always get a win that they should not get and i feel like that's the the one that makes the most sense about going forward of like what's the sleeper game where a team is they're good but they're not great okay but Uh, what at what point do does everybody get healthy again well that's the big question the cardinals i mean as we went over earlier they're only getting worse when it comes to health yeah
0: okay so
1: you know the next question that we haven't posed and and this isn't really for this show but i'll say it now steve kime traded for uh uh robbie anderson how active does steve kime get at this point does he start bringing in more guys more reinforcements um or do they just you Say it is what it is, and they go the rest of the season, and and, and just where yeah. it lies is where it lies. So, yeah, at some point you got to think Michael Bidwell's in the background. You know, if if you're if he has any thought of firing, Kime or or Cliff or both, mm-hmm. like do you really allow these guys to mortgage gra- draft picks and and
0: mortgage the future? Gosh. Like I, I don't know if that happens, but okay, keep going. Six and I a think, half. Yeah, I think Vegas nailed the six and a half because I'm looking at this. So we got Saints, Vikings. Seahawks, Rams, Niners, Chargers. See, this is where it gets difficult. You got Chargers. The Chargers didn't look that great last night against the the Broncos. Yeah, I know they didn't, but I I think they're getting healthy, though. But they'll be healthy by the time. Yeah, they got uh, Keenan Allen coming back at some point. Yeah, and then they got the Patriots, which, I mean, Bill Belichick, dude, he's got that team cooking right now especially yeah, with that, that no-name quarterback. quarterback yep <laughs> zeppo or zeppa yeah. or whatever the hell is his name. Zappy. uh zappy uh cardinals at broncos that's a winnable one i mean russell wilson and the broncos aren't doing well things.
1: russell wilson rumor is his hamstring injury injury that i just saw it minutes before he we went on uh-huh. they're saying it's serious which to me that sounds like russell wilson is trying to go into hiding after this poor start yeah uh maybe take a few weeks off here but I mean, uh, this is December eighteenth. No, so he'll I know, back but, but
0: and probably what, healthy.
1: Well, no, when they say serious, what does that mean? Does that mean he's shut down for the year? I mean, I, it's a mm-hmm. hamstring; it can't be that long. But yeah, who knows? Then you got anyway. Brady
0: in town with the Buccaneers uh, on Christmas, and he looks uh, car-
1: old.
0: <laughs> he didn't look that great either. But there was a lot of speculation about him going to the wedding and that wedding, and then him missing the Saturday meetings. And yeah, he had a hangover. <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> the, yeah, the, 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 he's raging. The potential divorce, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows what's going on there? Uh, then the Falcons on uh, New Year's Day in Atlanta and then in San Francisco on January 8th. I think they pretty much nailed that six and a half. That's a that's a solid okay, number. So are
1: you going over or are you going under? God, how bad is it that we're talking over or under six and a half? And
0: they've only had they've had two wins so far.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So five I, games. Are, are they winning five more? Or are they losing five more? I mean, are they they gonna
0: lose? They're gonna win less than five. I have no confidence in this team, dude. So I gotta take the on Thursday. I got. I'm gonna take the under now. I <laughs> they could change my mind on Thursday if they pull oh, it all they together. win, and they only need yeah. four more wins. Yeah, I gotta see. I mean, I, everybody's talking about D Hop coming back and it changing everything. I don't believe it, but if that's the case, if they win on Thursday and D Hop makes a huge impact, it'll go over six and a half. They'll pull it together. That confidence will come back. And it's gonna take that win for uh Kingsbury to pull his team back together. I think there's a lot of a lot of riff going on in the uh the locker room. If, the confidence isn't there. If the Cardinals beat the Saints and and you won't be on Thursday,
1: uh no, Gunner Thursday. has to wake up at two forty-five in the morning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna be on that uh... <laughs> so
1: he will not be on the post game show Thursday. We'll tell you that now. So the following pod when Which when we'll you're back.
0: Tuesday which drops wednesday right yeah we drop drop wednesday
1: on that following podcast uh we're gonna intro the show with and i don't know if we could ever play music or not but uh it'll be the face i'm a believer you know the old from uh (laughs) i'm a believer song (laughs) that was the worst <laughs> Recognition? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I could not even make out what the hell that was. You know, from uh what was
1: that movie? Uh Austin Powers. Austin okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all right, all we'll right. If, the, if, they, if, they Thursday, song, we'll if they win Thursday,
0: we'll do it. If they win Thursday, we'll do it. This is gonna get be the worst rated show of all time with my singing. Um
1: Well, with that Um, said, uh, keys to the game. uh, This is very short and sweet. Cardinals got to get the offense has to get right. Plain and simple. This defense is not that great for the Saints. The defense for the Cardinals just needs to do what it's been doing. Yeah, Just be consistent. Keep these young guys playing well. Right. Get into the pass. uh, Get into the quarterback. Get that pass rush going. Um but ultimately this is going to rely on the back of the offense and they got to get it right. Cliff knows they got to get right. The whole team knows they got to get it right. Uh, It's can they block the noise? Can they block the pressure um, to do that? And then the last key, make your kicks. So Rodrigo Blankenship, he's coming in. Hopefully he will put us at ease when it comes to that. So,
0: real quick i want to, I want to yep. ask you this question so on um because i might be reading too much into it greg dorch tweeted an hourglass emoji at oh, 6 p.m sunday about my guy you want to talk well about i'm, I'm wondering guy. i'm wondering where like the specul like why would you why what would be the reason for the hourglass emoji right I he think- tweeted this 6 p.m sunday following the loss to seattle is it a matter of time before cliff kingsbury's out is it a matter of time before they start including him and and he helps, you know, including him more in the game. Like, what would be the reason for the hourglass emoji? That's- I think
1: that's got to be about him, right? Like, like that he's going to uh, be able to get things rolling, right? Like, I would yeah. think that that he's going to get some action. He'll get going, and and that's what he means. And or, maybe he knew. Maybe he knew at that point that Hollywood was going to be done. Which you take okay. another short speedster out of the lineup. Okay. You know, you would think he would get some run like this week. I I really expect him to get some run. I actually, and that's what I was just looking for. Now I sent you guys a, uh, a, a graphic that someone had created um, right before the show about Greg Dortch, wide receivers creating the most separation in uh, 2022, Mm -hmm. Uh, Greg Dortch with 4.4 yards was number one in the NFL, in the whole NFL. Okay. So I mean, between the hourglass, between this, and then the last thing I'll say, Gunner, Sports Illustrated put out an article, which I would go look this up if you're any Cardinal fan. Uh, the number one like breakout, it was like breakout sleeper player, and who was the Cardinals? Light the torch,
0: Greg Dortch. He was the,
1: <laughs> but but again, the end, it's like the guy's not playing. He, he hasn't yeah. played since
0: Rondo Moore came so, back. So the hourglass speculation is that he'll be playing more. Maybe, maybe he heard something. Uh, in the it's locker gotta room. be him. I don't think he's or, saying like,
1: oh, oh my gosh, we're Cliff's gonna get fired. Cliff, I don't it's think only a matter of time for no, Cliff's gone. No, no,
0: uh, no or no. or. I mean, D hops back. I mean, these, they're in the wide receiver room together. You know, maybe that's uh, it's only a matter of time before it gets turned around because D hops. back.
1: I don't think that
0: no. Okay.
1: (laughs) Greg Dortch has been very, uh, when he's been interviewed, he's been very, very vocal about this is now my time. I've now latched on with the team, blah, 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 blah. And he was showing it. And now he hasn't been used because our offensive guru, for some reason, thinks he doesn't need to be played, even though he's a top-performing guy on your team. I don't know, but uh,
0: I mean, just you saw the frustration yet last night with uh, Melvin Gordon; he wasn't being played. That that's frustrating to not be on the field. So if you're Greg Dortch. Not on the field, knowing that you have the talent and the skill to make an impact, and the coach isn't using you. I, I'd like to think that that hourglass is, all, you know, him angry at Kingsbury for not using his talents and using him more, and it's only a matter of time before Kingsbury's gone. I'm not the biggest fan of Kingsbury, you know that. I, I love to see him if follow with a loss on Thursday My- to. To, my partner,
1: to, my partner at Burging Travel, Eric, he made uh, shirts that he posted online that he is slinging uh, for twenty five dollars. Uh, <laughs> hashtag fire Cliff is hey, on. them. Yeah, I he must it. be. He must be listening to the pod and he stole yeah, your idea, Gunner. I and like now, it. He's, now he's profiting off of them. So we're going <laughs> to have to we're going to have to bring it up to him. But I will say, uh, as we wrap this episode yep. and we're way over time, uh, what I will say is that I am. You know, even if the Cardinals don't turn this thing around this season, this last five minutes of g- mandatory Dorch has put me in such a great place emotionally, Gunner, and I appreciate mm-hmm. you for that <laughs> and and bringing Greg Dortch to the forefront of where he needs to be. You know like the Dortch,
0: I'm gonna put some money on the over on Dorch, uh for Thursday. Yeah, I feel like no way I, he's listed. They're gonna list him as a bet. I well, he has been. He's has been he? on there. Yeah, last Fan couple, couple weeks. FanDuel's had him as an anytime touchdown. FanDuel's had him on receiving yards. Oh, gosh. Take the under all
1: day ever since Rondell Moore came back. No, when Uh, Rondell came back, I mean, he he got no snaps. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: No, but what I'm saying is like – like So
1: this week he should probably get some reps. Yeah, he'll get
0: some reps. I mean, they need to make some changes – I, I see them using him more, maybe. And I'm I'm gonna look at that hourglass. You know, it could be two ways. It's only a matter of time before he's included more, or it's that's, a matter of time before Cliff leaves. That's the so, betting.
1: That's betting. Yeah, you just look yes. for signs, signs from above. And this one is the hourglass. Oh. That is the that is the sign yeah. gutter needed to put a hundred dollars on needed. Greg Dorch over yeah. on receiving on the
0: over <laughs> and anytime touchdown. Man, I'm gonna put those, I'm gonna put Book those parlay together. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell your wife you're betting a hundred dollars on some guy named Great. Man. I didn't say. Well, you uh, threw the hundred dollars out there. I'll probably put like twenty on it, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> All
1: right. With that said, this has been the preview
0: episode. Uh, we did mention Gunner will be out for the post game
1: show. We will have a special guest co-host, first time, uh, Mr. Jake Arians. If that name sounds familiar,
0: is that the son of uh, Bruce that is Arians,
1: the son of former head coach. Wow, Bruce Arians hey. filling in. Gunner, much better than much better than me. No, no, the, uh... no. It it listen, listen. That's the respect we give you, Gunner. Like we're uh... losing you, we need someone as capable as you, <laughs> uh, up to par, equal, yeah. filling in. And that's what we got. We got Jake Arians filling All in, right. and uh, he's going to give some good context on the game and, and oversight in the sense of the bucks who he's been following a lot over the last couple of years because of his dad being the coach and now in the front office of uh, yeah. same division as the saints, big rival for the bucks. And then obviously he can speak to his time and his dad being here uh, as part of this organization. So um he's been around football his whole life. So it'll be an interesting uh perspective to, to hear from him again. This is I'm the a, podcast I'm man.
0: for I'm the fans. You got locked we got to bring,
1: we got to bring the big guns in. Yeah. We will have him back the week we play Tampa too, Christmas week. So, okay. Um, with that being said, uh, this is wherever you find podcasts. We need you to download and subscribe. Big, big two things. Do us a favor. Download, subscribe. If you hit play every time an episode drops, we'd appreciate that as well. Even um, if you don't listen, just hit play. That's, all, yeah, that's just all. hit play. Just let it run in the background. <laughs> uh, I think we have some good soothing voices, so if you need something to put you to sleep at <laughs> night, you know, that's what you can you can put on. But uh, go to cardinalspodcast.com. Wherever you find podcasts, there will be a menu of all kinds of places, uh, the whole little rundown uh, of where you can listen to this awesome show. I will tell you, I usually go to Google Podcasts it is uh, It runs about a day late. So I, the ones that I see that are on time, your Apple podcast is great. Your Spotify is great. Odyssey, of course, our podcast uh, platform is fantastic. So go to CardinalsPodcast.com. Pick the one you like. But whatever you do, don't forget to kick off
3: in the valley.